everybody. Time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 343, and I'm Michael Citro. I'm your host, and I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, OCB, the Orlando Pride as well. This uh, podcast covers Orlando City and OCB. And joining me as always from Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe is with me. Dave, how you doing? I, you know, I'm okay. I mean, obviously, like everybody else, and and we're going to get into this. I'm I'm disappointed about the uh, the match the other night, but uh, you know, for those that read the website, know I've started to put it in perspective, and and hopefully we can help others do the same. Well, I hope so. Yeah, you can't win it every year, unfortunately, but um, the cup began and ended on Tuesday night for Orlando City here in 2023. Uh, defending champions, of course, it's very, very difficult to repeat as champions. A lot of stuff has to go your way, uh, but you hope to at least make a run year after year and and kind of get deep into it. But honestly, the way that this season is structured with the League's Cup, you got MLS, obviously. The deeper you go in it, if you're not going to win the whole thing, you may as well just get out of it early because that way you don't have all the fixture congestion and and you don't have as many miles on those legs uh, uh, when you come to the critical part of the season. And this is a critical part of the season. The Lions were coming off a 2-0 loss at Montreal, a game that they probably should have won. Had some opportunities to get the first goal, didn't get it. When they gave up the first goal, uh, Montreal did what Montreal does, and that's uh, to stay very organized, and, and they handled business, and they are playing well right now. So uh, hats off to them. Now, Orlando City did a very difficult thing, which is staying on the road for a second straight road game. And it historically has been a nightmare for the club. Uh, I was just going through some old recaps today as I go through our archived uh, posts and and clean them up. And I was going through recaps and I saw one where we talked about whenever the 2017 team went to a city a day earlier than usual, which is usually you arrive the day before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on you know how far the trip is, maybe for a Miami trip, you may you might even just get there that that morning or whatever. But uh, you have uh, these games where you get there a, a day in advance, and couple, two of these trips in 2017 were uh, the second game of a two game road trip, and other two others were uh, Jason Christ just decided to take the team out a day early to get acclimated and. Um, all four of those went very badly uh, yeah. to the tune of 4-0 loss, 4-0 loss, 4-0 loss, 3-0 loss. So uh, what you're saying is, is this one wasn't so bad. Yeah, you <laughs> you know it's hard to win on the road anyway against MLS, other MLS clubs. And Charlotte is a team that's a little Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, they're near the bottom of the, uh, of the table, but they have played a lot of difficult um, – you know, close games and they've, they've, they have the ability to make life miserable. And Orlando city came out in this game kind of in a way that I expected them to. In fact, I, I predicted 10 of the 11 starters, which is almost unheard of for a game where with heavy, heavy rotation. The only one I got wrong was I think I, I had Martin Ojeda starting in this one. And, um, you know, so it was a fairly strong team, although there were some backups in the game, both, uh, or we, you had Rafael Santos starting. You had uh, Mikey get to start again at right back. You had Schlegel in for Antonio Carlos. There were a few other uh, changes. Cara didn't dress for the game. You, you, that's not 
atypical for early uh, cup games. You know, sometimes one of the designated players or more will not dress and others won't start. But fairly mixed team, and I thought Charlotte came out with a mixed team as well, and they had a couple DPs on the bench waiting to come in. And it, again, was going to be probably about that first goal was going to be an important thing. And Orlando came out, tried to stay compact, tried to weather the storm that they knew Charlotte would bring. Charlotte would bring pre- uh, pressure. In fact, Robin Yatson said that he was a little surprised they didn't stay with it longer. But uh, for about the first opening 20 minutes, it was one-way traffic, 80% uh, possession for Charlotte. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they only try, They only got one shot attempt off. In fact, both teams finished the half with one shot attempt, and Charlotte got theirs on target. Orlando did not. And uh, that was a bad theme for the night that did not, did not end, is, is that Charlotte had few shots but got them on target. Orlando ended up getting more shots but didn't get anything on target. Which is not a great recipe for success if you're trying to score goals, And uh, as we well saw. Yeah, so the 80% early possession, everybody was like, oh, they're, they're dominating. But really, Orlando was doing what they wanted to do in terms of, yes, they weren't breaking out crisply and cleanly like they would have liked to have done, but they were absorbing the pressure without giving up scoring chances. And Charlotte was kind of, lumping some hopeful balls in for Enzo Capetti and a couple of them came close to, to reaching him, but yep. uh, Orlando kind of held, held their end of it up and, uh, and it was scoreless at the half, but um, there was, there were opportunities. I mean, early in this game, Torres, I think about the fourth or fifth minute Torres played Dogger down into the, into the 18 and, you know, Dogger down was on our show not long ago. And one of the things he said he wanted to improve, was his decision making in the final third, and it sure would have been nice if he would have just shot first touch instead of taking an extra touch in the box. Because one of the things you, coming from the Icelandic league into MLS, that you need to learn is that once you get in the box with the ball, you're going to be closed down pretty quickly. So yeah, he, he took the extra touch and and that he got closed down and and didn't really get anything off. Uh, and then um, it appeared like maybe they would get something. Orlando would get something uh, going route one. And uh, indeed they had a couple of near misses with the goalkeeper coming out and making some last second plays uh, ahead of Duncan McGuire who started. And then once uh, Duncan actually got the better of his defender and scored, but he was called for a foul. And if you go back and watch this play, it really looks like Sobosinski is losing his balance, losing his footing before McGuire lays a hand on him. McGuire did put his arm up on the shoulder but he really didn't get much of him. And I think this is a case where if you had video review, I think video review might've overturned this. It might've been a goal. Yeah. Cause he made a meal of it for certain. Um, and like you say, he was going down ahead of time. So very um, disappointing and, and ultimately proved very critical. Yeah. Now they made, it was called a foul on the field. They may not have overturned it as being clear and obvious, but, uh, and because it would have gone, Orlando's way if they had overturned it, but uh, <laughs> right. it, it was it would have been interesting to see what that conversation would have been had uh, had there been a video review there, and and you know it wasn't too long after that that uh, Charlotte got on the board, and it was a little it, it was disappointing. Seventieth minute, uh, 
you know, Mikey Halliday had a mixed game, as did Santos. They both had some ups and downs, and and neither played consistently. And the ball came out to Mikey, and he tried to head it backwards. He tried to head a, a backward pass, but he had a lot of space to his outside. He could have taken that ball down and booted away. I mean, he had more room and space than I think he did. He thought he had. So he tried to go for the back pass with the head and didn't get anything on it. It was the worst possible thing because it was picked up by their designated player who came in fresh off the bench, Carol Swiderski. Uh, Schlegel tried to, to his credit, Schlegel tried to end that play right there because he took Swiderski right out. But yeah. unfortunately, uh, the ball came out, popped out to uh, uh, Camille uh, Joshuiak and who got there just ahead of Cesar Araujo and uh, then Robin Janssen steps up and he's get gets in the way, puts his foot on the ball. They both kind of kick it at the same time. That ball could go anywhere. Unfortunately, it went to a bad place. It went behind Robin and George Wiak was able to continue his run and uh, chip over Mason Staduhar for the goal. And that was the only goal in the game. And it was just one really costly mistake followed by a couple of just a couple bad breaks in, in terms of, of, you know, Schlegel taking Swiderski out, but nobody got a touch on the ball to get the whistle. And then Robin Janssen makes the challenge, but the ball pops into a, a, a very unlucky place and, uh, you know, credit them for finishing the play, but sometimes the teams are lucky and unlucky. And in the last two games, Robin Janssen has been very unlucky. He has, and it's it's unfortunate, and obviously it's it's not like him, and you know these these things happen. Unfortunately, it's happened to him in you know two consecutive matches. But uh, you know, once again, these are unlucky things. This is not anything that he's necessarily you know doing wrong. It's just kind of happening. Um, you know, as I mentioned in my article, winning a trophy takes a lot of things, including luck and and the ball bouncing your way, and that didn't happen in this match for Orlando City and. Thus, as you said, you know, they don't score. The other team does. They don't move on. Uh, the cup uh, defense ends in a disappointing fashion. But once again, uh, you have to go all the way back to 2009, 10, and 11 with the Seattle Sounders to have actually um, won back-to-back cups. Um, since uh, Orlando City joined MLS, no team has done it. Yeah, so we uh, we find an uphill battle for the Lions over the last twenty minutes, but they almost pulled the they should have pulled the goal right back. Uh, yep. Big mistake by Derek Jones in his own box. He he falls down, loses control of the ball. It pops right to Duncan McGuire, and this is the actual opposite of what happened to Dogger Don because McGuire knows that in MLS you don't have a lot of time to touch to you know to get on the ball in the box. You need to just let it rip. Unfortunately, he had time to take a touch. He didn't think he did. So he didn't really get a chance to set his feet correctly. And he wanged that thing way off to the right from like basically five yards out and yeah. absolutely no chance that the goalkeeper was going to stop it. And unfortunately for Duncan, uh, just couldn't get his feet set correctly. And uh, it put his shot off. And that was the golden opportunity to pull that right back. Yeah, it, it is unfortunate. Um, you you feel for him because you know, look, this is a kid who's scored goals in MLS. Um, he scored goals in competitions. Um, he's doing well as a rookie, 
and I think you're right. I think it was just a, he's so used to, I, I don't have a lot of time that he, he ended up, you know, he ended up fudging it and he wasn't the only one on the night that did that. And, you know, as you mentioned, Dagger Dan took one too many touches and it, it, it was a, it was that kind of night for the lions where golden opportunities were wasted. And it's not the first time that this, you know, gear this season that that's happened. It's something we've talked about plenty of times on this podcast, but uh, it's unfortunate that that happened in this match. Yeah. Just uh, the tough break for the rookie. And, and you could see immediately on his face that he knew he had the game on his foot and, and yeah. had blown the, the opportunity, but, Got news for you, rookie. There'll be other chances and you'll miss those too. And some of them you'll make. So, you know, be a goldfish, let it go, forget it and yep. move on. Uh, that wasn't the only opportunity Orlando had. Orlando had some really good opportunities. Torres had a, a, an open look. Angulo had an open look. And Angulo had a, a great chance to hit Martino Ojeda, who came in off the bench at the back post with no goalkeeper anywhere near. And he put the he put his cross about eight inches too high. So there were, there's fine margins that have been off this season. They were off in this game. And that's probably the, the extra travel probably had something to do with that, but it's been a a symptom ongoing all season. It just seems like the team is not in rhythm. And I think you can be okay at the back when you're not in rhythm, but your attack needs to have some rhythm. And if these guys can't get going, uh, it could be a long May, and if it's a long May, it could be a long season. But there's a lot of soccer still left to be played. This game against Charlotte, it sucks because you're out of the competition, but it doesn't count against you in the standings. It gives you another opportunity to, you know, come home, get a couple trainings in before you go to Columbus, and you know, hopefully get things get things uh, turned around and get them right. But uh, it was a tough break on Tuesday night, you know, all that possession that Charlotte had early that they did nothing with 80%. Um, Orlando ended up with more possession and then uh, they had more shots 11 to six, but they got none on target and Charlotte got four. So one of those is better than the other percentage wise. I'll leave it to mm-hmm. you to decide. Cause I'm no mathematician. <laughs> uh, but when I take a look at this and I, you know, we, we've talked about this internally when I, when I hear people say, well, you know, the tactics were all wrong. I I don't think that the stats bear out that the tactics were wrong. You had you were on the road against a team that didn't have to travel the you know the weekend before to you know another country. <laughs> and uh <laughs> you you stayed on the road for a second game. So you're you know you're sleeping in hotel rooms and you're training, you know, in, in unfamiliar places and that kind of thing. And you go out there and you limit the other team to six shots and you get 11. That's more. You have the ball more than they do. You have your opportunities. The tactics were okay. It was the execution that was wrong. And I think that's kind of been the theme of this season is that not everything has gone well for Orlando city tactically in every game. There've been some games where they didn't get it right. And some of those games, they made adjustments at halftime and got it better. Some of those games, they came out good and then they the other team made an adjustment and they failed to adjust back. So it's not, you know, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that the coaching staff was perfect in this game, but I don't think they got this approach to the game tactically wrong. I think the approach was right, but you know, the things that went wrong, that's, that's on execution. You, you can't count on your, your homegrown 
fullback to give up a gift goal like that. You can't count on your your striker that you've, you know, that went out and won the the uh, the Heisman Trophy of soccer to miss a sitter right in front with no goalkeeper really able to make a play. And these are the kinds of things that happen when when the team's not in a great run of form. So hopefully they'll get it turned around. But it's uh, it's that's it for the tournament. They're they're done and. And now at least they won't have any more additional extra games, which if they had won that game, they w- you could have added yet another game to the month of May. Exactly right. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a small consolation that they, they don't have to now play another game and they can concentrate on the MLS schedule. But it's also a fact. Um, I don't like that they lost. You don't like that they lost. We both would have preferred that they advance. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And so I'm going to turn the page. I'm going to uh, focus on the next match, the rest of the season, and all of those other things, because what else can you do? I mean, if you want to sit in misery, go ahead, but I'm not going to do it. What I think this game and really the last few games have kind of illustrated to me, not, not the LA Galaxy game, that looked like kind of things were starting to come together, but it ended up being a little fool's gold there, but this just illustrates the things that we talked about in the off season. We didn't like their approach to the striker position of going, going out and getting Ramiro and Enrique. There's nothing necessarily wrong with Ramiro. He seems like he's a good guy and talented guy, but he's been kind of invisible for the last month. And, you know, you would have liked to have gone out and gotten one of those MLS experienced guys, a guy that, you know, can throw in, seven to 12 goals a year. And uh, they had chances to do that and they didn't do it. They, uh, they went out and got a bunch of basically the same kind of young South American player to play all over the place. And maybe that's not the approach for MLS. Maybe the approach for MLS isn't just about getting a bunch of guys that play the same way. Maybe it's about mixing and matching styles and, and finding something that works. I don't know, but um, there's something off with the balance. We also talked about the fullback positions. We weren't sure or you, do you guys really want to go young at the fullback positions? And you you had two veteran guys and and yeah, Juan drove us crazy with some of the things he did, but he was fairly reliable in, you know, in an overall sense, he didn't always make the best decisions in the final third. He didn't always make the most accurate passes in the final third, but by golly, he could track back and, and break up plays and put out fires. And he could also, you know, when he wasn't getting caught ball watching, he was, a pretty decent defender. And mm-hmm. of course, Joao Moutinho was a fantastic fullback. I think one of the most underrated fullbacks in the league and he's gone and you got Luca Petrasso, but he's injured now. Uh, and Mikey and these guys are young and young guys are inconsistent. They will make mistakes from time to time and you need to live with those mistakes. And and that's what Orlando is having to do right now. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, you had some unfortunate uh, entries. I mean, obviously the captain's out, uh, Mauricio Pereira. Um, that doesn't necessarily help, especially in a match like this where you know his steady and influence could have been influential. Um, you know, I don't think Carr was going to be in this match regardless, but he, you know, we were missing him for a while, which is why we've seen so much of Enrique and Duncan. And uh, Duncan stepped up somewhat. Um, I think he's having a good rookie season. Um, but, uh, you know, once again, even he is going to have misses. Um not just because of rookie, but because, well, frankly, everybody does. You know, uh, Mo Salah misses 
goals, uh, Kevin De Bruyne misses goals. You know, everybody, those guys miss goals. Uh, Duncan McGuire should not be held to a higher standard. Yeah, Duncan hasn't quite looked the same since coming back from his injury, which is a little bit to be expected. But also, you know, young players, like I said, are inconsistent. You know, they they play a few games. The other teams focus on him. They figure out what he's, what he's doing, what he likes to do. They find ways to stop it. And then it's on him to find other ways to hurt the other team uh, so that they can't just, you know, key on him. I also think that we're, we're seeing a little bit of the league has adjusted to Facundo Torres more than Facundo Torres has adjusted to the league. He's um, yeah really not using that right foot almost at all. Uh, and it's, it's becoming a problem because they're overplaying him to his left and he's getting not only shots blocked and he's also getting entry balls blocked that could be releasing guys inside. And if you, you don't need to go heavy on that right foot, but if you just show a little bit of willingness to use it, put a little uncertainty in that defender, it opens things up a little bit. And uh, I mean, at this point I'm looking at him and going, are you, are you really the talented guy that you showed you were last year? A guy who was, you know, had Arsenal interested in him. And, you know, if if you're that close to getting signed by Arsenal, or at least you're having discussions or your agents having those, those discussions, don't you want to go and work on those weaknesses to make them not weaknesses anymore? I, I would think that that's the move that you would want to make. And I don't know how much uh, effort he's put into that, but it's not translating onto the field in game situations. He's not using the right foot almost at all, like I said. And, uh, so are you that talented guy that we saw glimpses of last year and, and really saw a lot in the cup games, especially, or are you just a little bit more talented Sylvester Van der Vater? Yeah, I don't know the answer, but I do know that if, if I was uh, coaching the trainings, um, he would not be allowed to pass or shoot with his left foot during the trainings. Just anytime he does whistle, whistle and start over. Whistle, whistle. Um, yeah, right foot only. Sorry. Yeah. Right foot only until it, until it sinks in. It's like the guy who, uh, the college football player who fumbles and you make him carry a football around campus all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, gotta try something. Yeah. Um, but of course the, the, the problems with Orlando city, they're not just Facundo Torres related. Uh, Ojeda had a good start too. He's kind of fallen off. Angulo had a good start, much better than expected, in fact, and he's fallen off a bit. Kind of, it's kind of back to being an Ivan Angulo, who is a guy who can, he can make hustle plays, and you know he can take on defenders. He can make some good entry balls, but he's not a big scorer. He's never been a big scorer. Getting two goals already this season is a huge is huge news for him on the offensive yeah. front. Um, so you've you've got some problems and, and some lack of balance, and I also think. That maybe an underrated part of that Charlotte loss too was that one of your most experienced players left the pitch at halftime as Felipe come came on and he's been in a lot of these cup games and you know he's a steadying influence and and he can take those those sort of uh chippy plays so that Araujo doesn't have to make them mm-hmm. and um and take some of the some of that away so that so that Cesar can just relax and play his position. Because I, I thought Cesar also, this may have been his worst game of this season in terms of silly mistakes, uh, getting caught yeah. with the ball, um, you know, making hot headed, uh, you know, 
rash challenges and things like that. I, I was, uh, I was a little disappointed in, in what he brought, but of course you also have to couch that in the fact that he played a lot of minutes. He plays a lot of minutes in every game and, uh, he was out there again. Uh, he is the new junior Urso. <laughs> yeah. He he very much is, and and we also don't know what Charlotte was saying about his mother or something like that. So yeah. you know, yeah, it it was unfortunate. Like the one, two games in a row now, he's been caught from behind where it's like he's he's trying to yeah. There's some contact there, and he goes down and he wants the call, but he doesn't get the call, and it it jump starts a, a counterattack. And oh by the way, you had ample time and room to get the ball off to a teammate. You don't have to win a foul there. You could just pass. Yeah, and and you're not Nani. You're not going to get the foul call. And frankly, Nani didn't always get the foul call anyway. So no. make the pass. Make the extra pass, man. Make the extra pass. All right, well, you got to pick a man of the match for Orlando City, Dave. This is a tough one for me. It was tough. Um, I gave it a bit of thought, you know, before we came on the podcast and, and what I'm coming up with uh, is Mason Stoudemire. Um, I thought he, he did pretty well. Um, you know, he, he made some saves. Uh, the, you know, the one goal is unfortunate. I'm not sure what he could have done about it. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought overall he played well and, you know, we've talked about some of the other <laughs> Uh, deficiencies uh, elsewhere along the uh, the pitch. So for me, I'm giving it to the keeper. All right. Yeah. He made a, a really big save on a Copetti header in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think everybody had an imperfect game. So I think, I think if you're, if you're looking at this overall, I think maybe Stadohar made the fewest mistakes. So yeah, I'll give it to him as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunately where I'm coming down on is you know who who played the least bad. You know, I'm glad you brought up Nani because that is something I've actually been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks about what the, some of the deficiencies of this team. Mm-hmm. One of the deficiencies I think this team has is that it doesn't have any swagger, and Nani brought that. Nani was a he was a he. he you know, Pereira is your captain. He's not the same kind of captain as Nani. He's a he's a kind of a lead by example guy. Um, not that he can't yell or that he can't get mad or be competitive, but Nani took command in a way that Mauricio Pereira does not do. Like on the field all the time, he had an aura about him, a charisma about him. And I know he wasn't always, from what I have heard, he's not, he wasn't always the most likable guy. But damn it, everybody respected him because he'd been in all those big games with those big clubs. And won all those big trophies. And I think everyone respects Mauricio for sure on this team. They always talk about it. But I think this team could use someone with his sort of fire. Yeah. So not just his fire, but it's also his his confidence. Like he had a confidence that just kind of oozed out of him and it kind of permeated the whole team when he was here. That he was he was uh a confident dude. And I think that if you look back to the two best seasons, this team has had Nani's swagger was a part of that. I'm going to add on to that and say that a bit of this, you know, and it may have been, you know, Nani inspired swagger, but, uh, you know, we mentioned Ron, he had some swagger. He messed up, you know, he's kind of a, you know, 
you get something amazing or, you know, he makes a mistake, but <laughs> he was never, he never lacked confidence. That's true. Um, and then the other being the bear Urso, you know, Urso had fire. He, he, he was passionate and, and he was a leader as well. So, I mean, I think some of that leadership and some of that, uh, you know, I keep saying fire cause I can't think of another better word, but uh, that you're right. That might be a little bit missing. Yeah. The, I think it is, it may be something that develops in some of these younger guys, but they're not there yet. And again, they don't have some of the accomplishments that some of those, some of those veteran guys had. And that's kind of what you run into when you go younger, when you, when you skew your team younger, you do lose not only the experience and some of the craftiness that comes with the years, but you know, you might lose the the confidence of, you know, other guys that have won, I don't know, 10 league titles and a champions league and, you know, several trophies along the way, they're going to have more. They're going to be harder to rattle usually than a younger guy. I'm going to throw one more on the pile and that's Robin Janssen. They put that captain's armband on him recently and he hasn't been the firebrand, the, uh, the, you know, getting a yellow card because he's yelling at the refs in English instead of Swedish, <laughs> uh, guy that we've had, I, you know, it's almost like it's, he's, he's trying to be, he's trying to be responsible, trying to be the captain rather being, than being himself, rather than being the Viking. Yeah. He was, uh, he was very candid after the game. He was very interesting to talk to when he was talking about, we, well, you, you just got to kick the ball away. You can't be making that turnover at the back. You got to kick it away and live to fight the next ball. And he's, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, how do you, how do you find those fine margins that, you know, how do you get those last details right as a team? And he says like, we just, we just all have to be better. Everybody's going to look at themselves. Everybody's going to look at what they can do better. And just be better. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was like, it wasn't, he didn't call out anybody in, you know, specifically, but he, there's clearly a frustration there uh, that's been building in that guys aren't, aren't taking care of their own, their own space and their own area of the team in a way that's, you know, that's helping, you know, that, that I'm not, I'm not saying there's any strife in the team. I'm just saying that there's, that he, he just wants everybody to take a look in the mirror and say, what can I do to be better? And um, I like that. This is, it's not, it's not a, like a finger pointing. It's like, we all have to be better. This isn't good yeah. enough. It's not acceptable. And I like that attitude. I, I do too. I do too. So. All right. Well, uh, I think we've beat this horse. Yeah, we have fine paced. So uh, congrats to Charlotte. They move on. And um you know, like I say, if you can't win the whole thing, uh, you may as well just go out early. And uh, as long as it's not to a lower level club or a rival club, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've whatever stages of grief, I've, I've come to acceptance. <laughs> let's move on. Let's 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 get to the next thing. Like it wasn't Atlanta. It wasn't Miami. Wasn't New York City. It wasn't lower uh, level. And it, yeah, it wasn't like the Tampa Bay Rowdies or somebody. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers or Miami FC. We've right. been on the end of those before, you know. So, yep. Anyway, onward and upward back to the league. And the Lions, as I mentioned, they will go to Columbus. Very difficult task to beat the uh, crew on the road. They haven't won uh, many games in Columbus. They've had a really great battle with this team since entering the league in 2015. There have been 
crazy games. There have been red cards. There have been comebacks. All kinds of stuff. It just something's always eventful when the Lions play the crew. So we'll talk about our key matchups for that and our score predictions a little bit later in the program. We'll also get to our mailbag box. We're going to do all of that right after this. And we're back, Dave. There's uh, there's no guest this week. I did reach out to our friend Patrick Murphy, but he was a busy man. And uh, of course, we've been extremely busy this week because yeah, the Pride played Wednesday, the Lions played Tuesday. We recorded two shows on Monday. Uh, uh, we got to get a life. Uh, yeah. No, my wife keeps telling me that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, why don't we move on to our mailbag box and check out and see if we got any letters from our listeners? Well, I do love the mailbag box. As do I. So uh, we'll check it out. But let's remind people you can uh, get a hold of us a couple of different ways. Uh, We're going to recommend that you either email us at themainland at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter handle with the hashtag AskTMLPC. We do have a form on the mainland.com uh, page for the podcast. Uh, it's been a little glitchy, especially on mobile. So if you've sent us a, a question through that uh, and we haven't read it on the air, it's because we didn't get it. And um, we've uh, we've got our technical guy on it. And it's one of those things where when he goes to fix it, it's working. So it's like really maddening thing. It's like, it's like when you take your car into the mechanic and say, it's making a noise. And then you start up the car and it doesn't make that noise. Uh, I'm very well aware of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you would be uh, as a car salesman. So anyway, those are the ways you can uh, ask us anything here at the mainland. And we love to answer your questions. As Dave mentioned, the mailbag box is beloved. It is beloved. I mean, even uh, even Dagger Don loves the mailbag mailbag box. But Dave, nobody loves the Gmail this uh, week because we have nothing in the Gmail. So uh, let me know if there's anything you see in the Twitters. Well, fortunately, we get a little bit of love in the Twitters from longtime listener and, of course, contributor to the mainland, Ryan Smith. Nice. Who asks... Uh, Aside from Freeman, who has already made an appearance this season, who on OCB or even the Academy, U15, U17, etc., are you especially excited for coming through the ranks? Someone you think could get substantial minutes with the first team in a season or two? Hmm. Yes, of course, that was Alex Freeman he was discussing. Um, yes. Uh, and he had a great weekend a few weeks ago where he made his MLS debut and then scored... Uh, the next day for OCB. So uh, congrats to Alex. He's having a good season. Um, oh, and by the way, Thomas Williams uh, is a U20 alternate for the World Cup, the U20 World Cup. So congrats to Thomas Williams. They did Indeed. not take Mikey Halliday. And no, it had nothing to do with the back pass on Tuesday. No, despite the uh, the <laughs> online yeah. musings of some people. Yeah. All right. Um, it's really tough to talk about kids who are 15 to 18 years old and say, who's going to, who's going to make it. Um, I, Cause I would have thought by now we would have seen more of Wilfredo Rivera and Moises Tablante, and we mm-hmm. haven't really seen any of them. So I would say the guy who really is the most intriguing to me is Fabian Loyola. 
Okay. Still a very young kid. He's got a, a massive potential upside, but at that age, you know, you don't know if he's just starting to scratch the surface of his potential or if he's already there, if he's already got everything he's ever going to get. That's the, the beauty of, of <laughs> the, the maddening uh, thing about young players is that you're trying to project what kind of body will they grow into? Will they be able to continue to develop more skills and more, more tricks and more uh, tools to put in their toolbox? Um, for example, we know there's a young player down there right now named Shaq Muhammad, who let's be honest. I mean, the, the club traded up to pick him yep. in the draft and he's, he's not been very good from what I've seen of him in o, at OCB. So I don't know what he's doing in training. I don't know if he's maybe not handling playing for OCB with, you know, the attitude that he should be. I don't, maybe he's just finding the, the transition to professional life difficult. I don't know, but it's not working out for him so far. And it doesn't seem likely like he's, he's coming in off the bench, some of these games and, and really kind of not getting a whole lot done. Uh, he's gotten sent off in one game. <laughs> it's just yeah. not coming together for him. Um, Loyola has been pretty consistently good. And uh, I like what he brings to the team. And of course he had that, the big game in the MLS next uh, game last year at the all-star break. So I think that he's a guy to keep an eye on as far as, you know, I know Ryan's question was like, who, who are you excited to see? I don't know that I'm excited about any of them because it's, I just hope they're all good, but who knows? Yeah. I, I once again, I agree. I, I'm not sure I'm excited about anyone in particular. Um, you know, OCB is obviously doing better this season than in the past. Much. And that, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you know, having them get the, um, uh, cause they're doing the same type of training that the, the first team is doing the, you know, they're trying to do the same types of, of tactics and strategy and things like that. So that's good. Um, you mentioned Loyola and that's a, that's an excellent, excellent pick for that. Um, so, which who I had thought of instead, I'm going to say, um, you know, maybe you see Otero up there at some point, Javier Otero, the goalkeeper, he, um, you know, he's only 20. Um, and I'm not saying that he's going to get, you know, starting, but it's whatever point that Pedro, uh, you know, moves on if he does, or, you know, Mason moves on, maybe, maybe Otero makes it up there and he's, He's the one riding the bench. He's playing that Stajahar role uh, or something like that. But um, yeah, I I agree with Loyola. And since I, uh, you picked him, I'll go with Otero. Okay. So there's your answer, Ryan. And we do apologize for not answering your question earlier in the week on our first show this week because we didn't get your question because he's the one that sent it via the form and then informed me that uh, I didn't read his question. And I said, well, I didn't get any, anything from the from the form. There's no form submissions in my email. So I checked my spam box, nothing. Check my promotions folder, nothing. Uh, so I'm like, okay. It worked out though, because then we found out. All right. Well, thanks to Ryan for sending the question. And of course you can get your questions in and ask us anything. It could be soccer related, but it doesn't have to be. You can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter. And use the hashtag AskTMLPC, and uh, we will read it on the air. You'll get an answer. It might be an answer you like. It might not, but it'll be an answer. Yeah, it will be an answer. That's for sure. 
Another thing we love it when you do is if you rate us and review us, that's how the little algorithms in the interwebs help us get seen by other people. And it costs you nothing, takes very little of your time. We love the five-star reviews and ratings. And uh, if you do that, do that wherever you get your podcast. But if you do it at Apple Podcasts, we'll see it. We'll read it on the air. We love reading it. We do. We didn't get any new ones since earlier this week, Dave, but uh, we did get one this week. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty happy about that. All right, Dave. Columbus Crew SC at lower.com field. Um, Difficult place to play. Uh, The team is very talented. They, of course, have a new coach this year who went over from Montreal, the club foots. He left the club foots behind and went to take over the Columbus crew. That's Wilfred Nancy. And, you know, this guy is a good coach. Obviously he turned a, a pretty mediocre. I think they were maybe the impact when he got there. Um, mm. Pretty mediocre Montreal team and, and turned them into a good team. And, you know, a team that was actually a, a very viable contender last year. So, uh, he, he knows what he's doing and he's got a little bit more money to play with now, you know, a team that's a l- little more willing to spend than, uh, than perhaps Montreal, probably an easier owner to deal with than Joey Saputo. I'm guessing probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> right now Columbus is sitting in sixth place in the East and they are, uh, sitting on 14 points. That's the same number of points as Orlando city but they are a plus seven goal differential. Orlando city is a minus two goal differential after their two nil loss last mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, there was a bunch of log jam right there uh, from sixth to ninth, all at 14 points. The good news kids is that Orlando city has played more games than DC United. They played the same number of games as Philadelphia and Columbus uh, and fewer games than New York city on 15 points. So, you know, still in a very good spot. Can I mean, take the fact that this team hasn't really gotten into a rhythm and pretty good that they're where they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're in the mix with, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would say that they've had any good run of form. I mean, they they've been seesawing back and forth between wins and losses. Um, so, you know, given all that, uh, things could be way worse. Yeah. The crew and the Lions, both 4-4-2 four, four and two on the year. Uh, both have given up 12 goals on the year, but the crew have scored 19 to Orlando's 10. Yeah. Yep. That That's would rough. be more. It is more. Uh, I would love it if Orlando had 19 goals on the season instead of 10. I feel like they might be higher up in the standings if that was the case. <laughs> I feel like depending, as long as they didn't score them all in a game that they already won, Correct. Uh, than they would be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm jealous of that crew offense and, uh, we'll have to slow that offense down or let, well, you and I won't cause we couldn't do it. No, no, not a chance, but the lions will have to do that on the road. And of course that means Lucas Zellerayan. Four yeah, it does here. Three assists. 37 shots in nine games. He's uh, he started nine games. Uh, all nine of his appearances have been starts. Uh, four goals, three assists, 37 shots. He's uh, he's pretty good, and you don't want to foul Columbus anywhere around the box because he is just as likely as uh, 
that damn Giovinco used to be to score, yeah. score from there. And uh, we don't want that. That's not a thing that we want. No, we don't. Um, it's already given up too many goals. Let's stop that stuff now. Yeah. They also have, uh, have had a great start to the season for um, Aiden Morris. Uh, he's done quite well. Three goals for him and three goals for Christian Ramirez, uh, who has come back to Major League Soccer. You remember I, I, might, I said something about veteran strikers who have had success in MLS. Would have been a good thing to add to the team in the offseason. Uh, Christian Ramirez would have been one of those things. Yeah. What could have been? What could have been? I'd still rather have Kai Kamara. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. We've we've freely admitted that on this podcast many times. Yes. So um, anyway, this is a team. And I don't know uh, Cucho Hernandez's uh, current status, but I do know this team could score goals and they're going to be difficult to uh, to deal with on the road. So knowing all that, Dave, uh, as you do, what is your key matchup for this game? And what is your score prediction? Well, you just touched on all of it. The absolute obvious thing is stopping that offense. Um, Orlando City's defense, the back line, defensive mids, keeper, everybody back there. And heck, bring everybody back. Um, total team defense they've got to shut down and keep them out of the net uh, especially Zilla Ryan um but you know Halliday can't be doing what he did there uh Robin's got to get his luck back and uh you know get Carlos and you know maybe that's what was missing in the last match but yeah get Antonio and and Robin back together let's 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 make things a little tighter and make things harder on the Columbus crew. So that's that's where this is going to be uh, one or loss. And on the road, third match on the road before coming home. Tough stretch of, of matches, two losses in a row. And unfortunately, I think that continues. I'm going to go with a 2-1 loss at the crew. All right. Depressing. It is. <laughs> But uh, I'm also supposed to be the pessimistic one this year. So, okay. Well, I mean, it's up to you. You don't have to be. I know. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's working or not. I'll have to go back and look at the spreadsheet. All right. Well, I'm going to say that the key matchup for me is going to be whoever wins the midfield could win this game. Uh, Darlington Nagby okay. is a player who is very difficult to dispossess. He's a very good uh, central midfielder. Cesar Araujo will be expected to fill that role for Orlando. So you've got those two guys. They, they both pass at a very good clip. They both draw a lot of fouls. They both are able to um, break lines. They're both able to keep the ball away from the opposition. They both are, are really good. Who's going to be better in that role. is going to say a lot about who wins this game. So that's where I see the game won and lost. I think if you, if Columbus controls the midfield, I think it's gonna be a long night for Orlando. If Orlando controls the midfield, they still need to score goals at the end of their possessions. Yep. Uh, so even winning that battle may not be enough to do it. It just depends on, can everybody just zero in on where that goal is? Again, I said this la I, either early this week or last week, I forget which, just try to hit the goalkeeper. Just try. Because you're going to shoot wide of them if you do, and hopefully with inside the post. Yeah, if you, if you miss the goalkeeper, it's probably still going in. 
Yeah, yeah, and they they all seem to be uh, they all seem to be slicing uh, their shots right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, why why not make a minor adjustment and let's get some goals? God, some of those games, some of those goal uh, uh, balls at Charlotte were just barely wide. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta get a little bit sharper, but you know, instead of trying to be sharp, just try to drill that goalkeeper. And you know what? Even if you actually hit what you're aiming at, maybe it gets maybe it gets spilled. Maybe uh, he can't handle it cleanly. You know, we've seen that before too. So do that. Um, I'm going to say my score prediction is I'm going to go one nil crew. I think it's going to be a tight game. And I think Orlando is going to play a a better defensive game. Uh, I think they go one more game without a goal and then they start to find their offense. Well, that's good because uh, that's good because I'm, I'm going to be down for that uh, New York city game at home on the 17th. So if they could find the offense while I'm there, that would be fantastic. Go find you some offense. Yeah, why not? Get some goals. Indeed. All right, Dave. Well, of course, we will come back next week to see how they did and break that game down because that's what we do. That's what we're here to do. And um, you know, we'll pick our man of the match for the Columbus game. We will, of course, look ahead to New York City FC in our first show next week. In our second show next week, we will recap New York City and get ready for Inter-Miami. Of course, we'll also have the OCB game at Columbus. They are playing Crew 2 on Sunday. So that makes for a long weekend in Ohio for the club. And uh, I'm from there, so I'm a little jealous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like to go home, have a little German food in, uh, at Schmidt's. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's not happening. I'm not going to make the trip, but... Uh, uh, we do wish the Lions and the Young Lions luck this weekend. We will, of course, uh, break down their games next week and uh, get ready for, you know, some some really the three biggest antagonist teams uh, in the league and, and really four in a row. Columbus, New York City, Miami, and Atlanta in a row. Those are, I got to say, those are the four most antagonistic teams uh, to Orlando, you may be able to also throw Nashville in there. You could, but you know, with Nashville bouncing back and forth between this, you know, conference and that conference, it hasn't, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's not animosity there. There is, but there's just not as much consistency, but yeah, those four uh, definitely, definitely there. Yeah. Feels like there's a brewing, uh, rivalry now with Charlotte that wasn't there before. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that. But anyway, that's going to do it for episode 343. Not too bad. In Not and too out. bad. All right. Uh, make sure you read our stuff, themainland.com. We would love that. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. Follow me, at Mainland Michael. Follow the mainland at the mainland. Do all of those things. Rate, review, subscribe. And we'll be back next week to... Uh, Do this all again. So until then, the only thing left to do is to say, go city.